Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we love talking about closure, and we think closure uh, helps uh, both as a new language and as a language you want to d- dive deeper into. And so we hope that by talking about it, uh, we help you in both of those things. Yeah, we're here to talk more about Closure Core, the core of Closure. So Closure Core, obviously, it has a lot in there, and we use it on a regular basis. And really, Closure Core is a set of a very focused building blocks so you can compose and assemble, I would say, like very expressive, very, very readable. It's nice because it's like a shared vocabulary that that all of us can use. So when you're reading someone's code, you can pretty quickly understand what they're trying to do without them having to sort of write out a lot of boilerplate. Yeah, it's 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 great to have a common set of words or verbs uh, because when I see something like filter in a program, I don't have to wonder about how that is used or or what the implementation is. Um, I just, if it's some custom name, then I have to go read that function. But filter, I instantly, there's a slot in my head <laughs> that knows what the filter implementation will do and, and all the ways it's surprising and all the way it's not. And then we can just, we can just roll with it. Um, yeah. Definitely. So now that we got that it, sorted. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Uh, let's, let's talk about sorting. Um, sorting getting our things in order, uh, not in our personal life, because that would probably take a lot longer podcast, but I think we're just talking about sorting our data uh, this time. <laughs> yeah, so sorting data enclosure. I, I remember back in school taking, I don't know, maybe like almost half a semester just talking about sorting, right? It's like uh, all the different sorting algorithms, you know, quick sort and bubble sort and, and all that. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you get to the end of that, and then you find out that, practically speaking, in industry, most people just don't worry about sorting. There's like a quick sort <laughs> implementation, or really, it's like a hybrid, right? Depending on like how many things are in the list, uh, it, it will use different sorting. So there's like a sort built into things that you can just use, <laughs> and that would be the case here in Closure. the The sort that's going to do the job for you most of the time. And if you really need specialized sorting needs, well, maybe you're going to have to go elsewhere. But boy, oh boy, like the sort built into closure is going to going to be there for you, and and do what you need. ninety nine percent of the time, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's an, an interesting thing to think about because um, most of the time we deal with these you know homogenous lists of 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 data and we don't really care about their order usually we care about them in aggregate we you know we use reduce we use other functions to to get to, to answer questions that we have about that data but then every once in a while we want to we want to make sure that that data is ordered and and usually we want to make that sure that's ordered for some human to look at like it's not for the the program doesn't really care usually um, but lots of times we really care when we're outputting that to to, to the front end or to or to a log yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely times to maintain your data in sorted order for some algorithmic reason, but generally in the code that that we've dealt with, sorting is something that happens on the way out the door or in the UI or or for for presentational aspects. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So that brings us to the 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 sorting functions that we find in Closure Core. Um, we'll call them uh, the complicated one and the simple one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, so the simple one is just sort, you know, it's just, I, I have a list of, of simple things. I have a list of integers or a list of strings or things that uh, are easily comparable uh, in Java parlance. And you can just sort them uh, uh, using the sort function. Right. Things that are not composite things like records, <laughs> things that are more primitive things like strings and <laughs> integers and floats, right? Things that that have a clear value, um, not a composition of values sort of smushed together into a single thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so true. Yeah, I find these in like when I'm, I'm printing out a list of strings in my log message and I'm like, uh, I want to be able to, you know, it's, I'm a human, I, wanna be, I, I, I can't sort things in my mind, I'll have the computer do it for me. So I'll just throw a sort in front of that list of strings or list of keywords um, just for my own, my own benefit. It makes it easier to scan, you know? Right, and so sort sort is useful. Uh, we don't use it a ton. We end up using uh, its friend sort by much more often. <laughs> it's big brother because we usually have a list of things that are not just primitives or not just basic values, if you will. We we have maps and records, and so we it's kind of like oh here would you would you sort all these books? And it's just like well by what by title <laughs> by genre. <laughs> by author last name, you know, by year of publication, <laughs> right? How would you like me to sort this this thing with so many facets? Yeah, yeah, sort by is such a wonderful function and a wonderful example of a higher order function. You know, you it 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 dutifully does the sort, but it can't do anything without a way of converting your complex data into a simple thing that it can understand. So it's it needs it needs some way of of extracting the data, uh, extracting a uh, a simple value out of your complex uh, information, and that's always in the form of a function, um, and and so that's that's how uh, there can be only one sort by in closure core. I mean, not not that the, not that there's only one allowed, but there only needs to be one because it can handle all the cases because of the 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 flexibility of passing that function in. Right. Certainly, if if your sorting criteria is the thing that needs to change in the various circumstances, sort by is good enough. If you need some like very sophisticated sorting algorithm, well, then maybe go find some other library. <laughs> but yes. but you're not going to get stuck with sort by because you have a complex criteria of sorting. <laughs> like <laughs> your your sort by is is going to be there for that. And this this really goes back to what we've talked about a number of times in this podcast is really that that whole notion of like a view like think of a function as a a view generation tool right like you take data you throw it on a function and what comes out is a view of that data and so in this case it's like an extractor or like some kind of summarizer where you're you're taking every element in the array you're throwing it into the function and you're getting back out just the information that's relevant for sorting so that sort can can do its thing with just that piece of information yeah, and, and the cool thing is, it's it doesn't just use that little bit of information that it used to sort. It, it returns you the, the the actual original values, so you don't lose any data because of that. Um, I, I've done this in other languages, and that you kind of have to do a little bit of of extra work around just to get it so that you can sort on something, but then return the actual value. Uh, but sort by handles that case uh, wonderfully. 
Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, it just uses that function to inspect each thing. It doesn't actually transform that fu- like the each thing and return you the transform thing, which which is just lovely. And so so clearly like if you have a a bunch of maps, let's say with book information, cuz you know, why not? This feels very academic sorting books, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you have the title field and so you want to sort by title. Well, then you can just say sort by space colon title right like just give it the symbol for the the field name and and that reads well too right because so let's sort by title great done and then obviously the collection name comes last because this is one of our mini collection functions yeah yeah definitely and i think that's one of the ways that uh we 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 should talk about like uh one of the things that is really interesting about sort by is the many ways you can make those the, the, the functions you pass to it. So one of the simpler ways, like you said, is just passing a single keyword because you want to get a top level field. But if you want to, you know, sort by a nest, some, some sort of a nested thing, you know, you say sort by the book author's first name. Well, if the author is a sub is a sub map of the book and then you would say sort by comp author name, uh, author, because then it's, it's pulling, the author, the author out, and then the author's name, and then and then it's sorting by that. Um, and so you, instead of having to make a function, you just you can use comp to make that that uh, classifier extractor that you said. So yeah, so you're saying uh, I'm trying to imagine the data structure you're imagining in your brain. So you're saying maybe the book has a a field called author. Right. And then underneath author, instead of it just being sort of a, a big long string of stuff, <laughs> it's actually structured. So maybe we have like a a last name field underneath underneath that or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. And so you got to get two keys in, right? Like like you're not just sorting by author. Like you want to sort by author and then authors like like the author's last name. So you got to descend down two keys so you can use comp to do that. Yeah, I think comp is a good way of doing it um, because it doesn't have a little, you know the extra uh, punctuation around it, but it can be a little confusing because it's it's comp you know last name author, which 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 reads nicely, but you have to remember that you know comp the 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 arguments to comp are evaluated in, in the reverse order, so right to left. Uh, if you want to have it have it be in the right order, like so that you're th- as if you're descending into the data structure, you can use a function literal with a threading macro. In you know arrow percent author last name, and so you can see it maps better about and as how as to how you would be descending into the data structure. Uh, so it really is kind of a matter of taste, I think. Um, depends on how much you can understand comp at at, at a glance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like since sort takes a function, I, I found sort in my own personal experience to be the well sort by I should say sort by. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I forget sort exists because I almost always use sort by, but since it takes a function, I have found in my own personal experience that it turns into, it was probably one of the first places where I really exercised different ways of making functions, right? Like using comp, using um, the reader form, the pound per parenthesis for making a function literal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or juxt. Right, like like using those, like building building up this function of these little parts, it it just fits so well, and because because it also ends up being kind of readable, you know. So if you want to sort by, 
let's say the title and then and then if um well let's say let's say year and then title right you, so you want to sort by the year and then within the year you want to sort by title well this is like a wonderful use of juxt because if you if you juxt. have like a well, we like to call them tuples, but, you know, it's like a very short list of items, right? Jux is going to produce a very short list of items. So you can just say, okay, sort by Jux, and then colon year, and then colon title, right? So you're going to, it will first sort by the year, and then if there's a tie on years, then it will sort by the next thing. And so that's a nice property that when sort by has a list, the, the way list comparison works is it compares the first items to see if they're equal. And if, if they are, if they're not equal, it can sort by those great. And if they are equal, it compares the second item to see if they're equal, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's really a, a good, like a, a nice enabling feature that, that, that lists sort the way that they do so that you can just use juxt to sort by two or three or five different things. Um, it makes it makes the function really short and really concise. The invocation really um, really easy to understand. For sure, and and you and you don't have to have any like special frameworky mumbo jumbo to <laughs> to specify this, right? Like we don't need we don't need like a sorting builder, and so we where we say okay, you know, add additional sort key, you know, title, yeah, and then. Uh, add sort direction, you know, uh, ascending. Okay, add additional sort, you know, like we don't <laughs> we don't need to write 15 lines of, of, of Java code, yeah. right? <laughs> we don't have to implement the sortable interface, right? Right, right. And so, and then one of the nice tricks is once, once you have this aha with juxt and comp, especially, then you can realize like, oh, well, let's say I want to sort by reverse chronological order. So I want the most recent years first, and then I want to sort by title in in ascending order. Well, then you can do a sort by with a juxt because it's two things. So we're going to throw a juxt in there. And then you can do comp minus, and then your key, right? Title. And then after that, you do colon. Oh, did I say title? I meant year. But comp minus year. And then after that, you have colon title, right? So you can just comp you can use minus to reverse the order of the sort, like by comp, comping the minus function, right? Yeah. So just to recap, you are using, you're calling a function to generate a function to pass it to another function to generate a, a second function, and then passing that into sort by. So we're now at like three levels of of higher order. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, th I think I think it's it's interesting is that higher order is not one one level. It can be it can be multiple levels. And, and the cool thing about what you just said is it actually still reads, reads really well. Oh, reverse, sort, invert by year, and then, and then by, by title. Um, and so it's, again, it's really easy to, to understand once you get those, those higher order functions in your head. But even, even before you do, you can still read it, um, still read it pretty well. Yeah, definitely. And so then maybe another little nuance with, with this is sometimes, you really do need that that re like function literal so so of course we we really tend to favor the reader macro the pound parenthesis one especially for sorts right because because nice concise code is handy so so for example if you have a whole bunch of java things that you have to deal with unfortunately 
when you're dealing with Java things, unless, I mean, you can farm them through uh, Bean to try to get more closure field names with symbols. But a lot of times if you're dealing with Java things, you have to use their like Bean functions, like get name, dot get name or whatever. And so, so really common circumstance I, I run into is when I have a bunch of files and I want to sort them by their name. And so in that case, I'm going to do a sort by with a pound parenthesis dot get name percent, right? And so, so you can kind of like adapt to the fact that it is an object and not a, a closure map by using that really concise um, function literal definition. Yeah, I, I, I've done that lots of times too. And also there's like dot get length for, um, or dot length, I think it is, if you want to sort by file size. And I, I've, I've often thought like the function literal is, is, is nice and concise, but I wish that there was a way to just be like sort space dot get name files. Like you could just use the method as a function, but it's still it, it, there's there's a little bit about needing some some wrapping to 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 allow closure to do the 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 interop. It can't quite make that leap, uh, even though it would be much. Right. You know, as you figure, it's just a it's just a function, but it's not. It's a method, and so closure has to know that has to like have the, have the context of the percent around it so that it knows what method to call because it's trying to find that method on on some object somewhere because you know in java all the methods belong to the objects they don't they, they don't they don't they don't let them walk around by on their own <laughs> right and not to get too esoteric but there's sort of this language design question do at what point do does the lang- should the language really reach for for interop right should any anytime it detects a, a dot should it be reaching for interop or when when something with a dot is used in function position, you know, do we reach for interop? And so basically Rich decided that if if you use something in in function position and it ha- and starts with a dot, okay, th- th- that must be interop. And so therefore you always have to have your parentheses when when you want to use your dot syntax, you know, your interop syntax. And you can't just yeah. use it bare. And this is a great example of how that can be a little bit annoying because because you end up adding a lot more I don't know like five more symbols. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, the pain just because of that. Yeah, and and I think it's like just like you said. I mean the the it's the it, the interop isn't for free. You know, it does probably carry some reflection and other things along with it. So we have to we have to you know obey the rules in order to have performant programs. Um, yeah, and so this is also where you kind of come back to something else we've talked about, where we're building up the language. So if if in a file, if in a a file of source code, <laughs> if in a let's say a namespace, <laughs> we're doing a lot of file file things. Sometimes you and I will just write little tiny one-off functions like file dash name or file dash size, and and all they do is just call that interop but then then we have a, a a good and proper closure function that we can use in sort and then we can just say sort by file dash size and right. and it right because if we want to do that over and over again then that interop does add up right and and it, and so we want to we want to have it read cleanly and and be something that you know you a lot of symbols aren't getting in a way of comprehensibility right yeah Another 
uh, so one one thing we haven't talked about so far with sort by um, it's it's a wonderful function, but we haven't talked yet about the there's a, there's another arity of it. You can pass the function you want to classify, but then you can pass the comparator also. And um, so, like in your example of sorting by year in reverse, we just comp minus year, right? That's that makes a lot of sense. But you can also do sort by year and then greater than because the default is less than like it would be the other way so you can just sort by year greater than and then the list and it'll it'll reverse it'll be a reverse sort also um it's it's interesting because i've seen that in the wild and other people's source code and i almost never use that arity of sort by um and i think one of the reasons why is because comp minus i feel like comp minus feels so much more like it's just easier to understand I, I, I'm taking the inverse of this. And so, oh, that's a reverse. Because um, every time I've had to write the three or the, the, the arity that includes the comparator, I always have to look up what's the truth of the comparator be for, for reverse and I have to test it out. Um, but with minus, I never have to never have to think about it. That makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And, and kind of the way I would think about that, where you are passing in your... So the nice thing is closure lets you use greater than or less than as comparators. Yeah, yeah. So once again, really making things concise, just like we can use the minus function as a as a negating function, right? It's like with the single arity, you know, minus is negate, and with uh, two arity, then minus is subtract, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's just it, it's nice that closure does that. Um, but the way I tend to think of that, where you pass in a comparator, is you're basically you're changing the rules of ordering. So if you pass in greater than, you're you're saying, okay, well, the default is now um, descending instead of ascending, right? And right. so 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 therefore, like I tend to avoid that. I tend to just use minus because then over time, sometimes I find myself adding more and more things into the the sort criteria. And so now now you have to re- like you're looking at that function and you're like, oh yeah. Right, this one it's it's descending by default. So now if I if I want part of it ascending, well then I got to go put minus there. So now it's like it's like minus minus. There's like a lot of mental gymnastics if if you start messing with kind of the default sort order that way. So that's why I avoid it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I and and like like in your in your specifically in your case of sorting by the reverse of the year and then the book name, you have to you if you if you use this the, the that other arity of sort by it's like what are you going to put there you know you have to now you have to I, I mean I don't even know what you could but by just by just reversing one of the fields um, it's more flexible um, yeah and yeah. so I think your comparator uh, it might be useful if you need to do um, like more work with with um, like like the thing like back like back to the topic of interop. You know, if if you if you have Java objects and you're getting them out, it can get kind of tiring with with all the interop forms. So if you know if you know that like the keys that you're specifying to sort by are going to be actually like you have closure maps, but those closure maps point to complex Java object values, then you might want to put the work of dealing with the Java interop in the comparator itself, so that you can can just kind of specify the keys in the map and, and let the comparator deal with all the 
figuring out how to extract things out of the right class and et cetera, et cetera, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like a tube of toothpaste, you know. If you, you squeeze on one side, the toothpaste goes to the other end. So the, the complexity is going to be there. So you have to just decide where you want it to lay. Right, right. And so, I mean, that's that would be one valid use. Honestly, we, we just haven't really felt the need for it very much. We tend to not do a ton of Java interop either. Right. We 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 do we do tend to <laughs> uh, get our data out of into closure data structures uh, as soon as possible, uh, and then and then operate in that world um, until we yeah, need that's to serialize true. I, JSON. I guess we do do a fair amount of Java interrupt, but we do it at the edges, and so we get it <laughs> we get it into the world of closure closure things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that's kind of something we said earlier, and I, I noticed when I was trying looking through our particular source code is that we generally tend to sort things when we're getting them out of the database, <laughs> so they're already sorted, or we sort them on the way out to the to the UI or to external integrations. And so because of that, yeah. it's like in, 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 in our code, we are either dealing with a sorted list that's already sorted or we are sorting it in preparation for formatting it, you know, for external consumption. Um, and that we generally don't yeah. have a, a something that we're building up, like that we're trying to maintain sortedness while we're building it up. Um, that's, that's... Right. Yeah. Yeah, so sort sort's really useful for for those things. Um, yeah, it's not as useful for maintaining sortedness. That that sounds like a like a, a topic for its own podcast. <laughs> yes, I think we've sorted enough out of this. <laughs> yes, yes. I have to sort out sort out some more things another time. <laughs> we'll get it sorted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, hey, if you are out there are listening to this and are and th- can come up with some uh, other or uh, you have found some other cool use of sort by or some way of making a sort by function that um, that's interesting, please, we'd love to hear about it. We love we always love hearing about how um, the people that in the community that and how, how they're using closure and how they're using the stuff that we're talking about. So uh, please hop into our closure design podcast channel. Uh, that's our favorite place to chat with people. Uh, closure design dash podcast on closure and Slack. And if you need an invite, uh, I'm pretty sure you can Google for it, but reach out to us uh, via email at feedback at closure club or on Twitter at closure design. Uh, those are good places too. And go check out the website, closuredesign.club, where you can find all of our back episodes and show notes and things like that. And uh, definitely, if you want to uh, check out some of the things we said before, go there. All right. We'll be back next week with another topic. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>